you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer, joined for this Eastern Conference post-All-Star Futures episode by the NBA Futures analyst himself, back from the dregs of the NFL and fresh (laughs) off of absolutely whipping my ass and Joe Delera in the All-Star draft that we did last week. It's Brandon Anderson. Brandon I am just going to let you take a victory lap because, frankly, you killed it. It was a fun All-Star weekend, which is not a thing you always get to say. We, we actually enjoyed a dunk contest, right? We, we got some real dunks. Everyone was pretty good. Three points. This came down to the last shot. Fun weekend. Get a little break now. And this is kind of the reset, you know? This, this is 20, 25 games left, and we kind of – I've kind of done the process of, hey, this is like it's a new – free season but we have a lot more data this time but we've got win totals and divisions and all the odds are back up we have this little window so it's fun to dig back in and and settle in for the the stretch run here yeah i'm not going to talk about the three-point contest if you want to hit me up on twitter and i'll be glad to rant to you in detail about just how mad i am what we're gonna do is we're gonna basically go through eastern conference we're gonna go not team by team we're not gonna go all of them i'm not gonna talk about the detroit pistons today but we're gonna talk about the relevant playoff futures that we have on these kind of teams we do have some content coming on the tank teams that you can find in the app on the award-winning action network app best way for you to track your picks we have a round table coming up on kind of where we think those are going to go how to bet those situations you can cover that there we're going to go team by team hit the big highlights we'll give you some best bets on what we're looking at as far as bets to win the eastern conference we're going to start obviously at the top the Celtics currently at FanDuel are their live win total is 58 and a half. They are plus 115 to win the Eastern Conference title. I'm not going to give the title odds because that's we're doing conferences. So I want to stick to the, the conferences. They are minus 175 to win the number one seed. Minus 175. They have 17 losses. The Milwaukee Bucks have 17 losses. The Philadelphia 76ers have 19 losses. And the Cleveland Cavaliers have 23 losses. Um, Brandon and I have both done projections. I don't want to rattle off 
all of them team by team. I will ask you for certain ones and we'll skip other ones, but let's go ahead and start here. What do you have the Celtics projected to finish at as far as wins go at 58 and a half line the rest of the way? So I've got them at 57 wins. And in this case, I actually, I'm a little less scientific on these. I, I started with a more scientific number and then I eyeball the schedule because to me, this last 20, 25 games, the nuance of the schedule, who are you playing? Who may or may not be tanking? What's the last week look like? Who might be resting? Those things I don't think are necessarily captured in a strength of schedule sort of thing. So this is a little bit of like, okay, well, now that I've done the work on these teams, literally go through the schedule and okay, let's win here, a loss here. Here's where you split a couple games, et cetera. This line a couple of days ago was 59 and a half. So uh, obviously money is coming in on the under. I would have leaned under 59 and a half. I would still lean under 58 and a half. I just said I project them at 57. Lean under that number is the same thing we've talked about. 60 wins is a lot. It's hard to win a lot of basketball games. But guess what? We did this before the season and we said, wow, whatever the number is, is a lot. It's hard to win. Oh, look, they're winning all the games. So I thought, honestly, I thought maybe Jalen Brown would miss a little bit of time with a facial injury. And then it turns out he's going one-on-one -on -one in the All-Star game. So that's apparently not a thing. I don't think they're going to have to push too hard for the one seed. I know you said the, the numbers there, they're pretty close, but it looks like Giannis maybe would miss some time. I don't know who's going to push Boston. For me, with the Celtics, I can have them coasting into the one seed. I would be looking less to play a, to a win total, more at maybe is this an award spot? I'm not excited about the Joe Mazzullo Coach of the Year or about Malcolm Brogdon, the sixth man. It doesn't feel like that's a really buzzy narrative thing. I guess, you know, Missoula took over, just got the full-time job, like a little more narrative there. It feels to me like both of those would be by default wins, but default wins us money too. I know we're not really doing awards too much here, but for me, if I'm looking to play a Celtics angle, if you're the one seed, you're going to get some sort of award, something. And I think that one of those is probably the way to go. Okay, so let's kind of start here. Um, let's bet the win total first off. Yeah. Um, if you have not bet this, the Celtics yet, if you're listening to this podcast and you stayed away from the preseason where I was very, like I have a full max position on Celtics under 55 and a half. That's the number. I got a, I got a 56 and a half position. I got a 53 and a half position. Most of my money came in at 55 and a half. What's surprising actually is like we were within like, I'm within shouting distance. It looked for a while like this was going to be like 63, 64, and it was going to be like dead by now. And instead, like I'm live. I need them to dip a little bit and I might be able to squeak under the 55 and a half, lose the 53 and a half and not lose my shirt. I still have them projected right now at 57 and a half. I was projecting them lower a little bit. An interesting thing on my projections is that I'm not taking their full season numbers and projecting that as like a, as an absolute, I take how many wins they've already gotten. And then my power rating times an average win mark. Mm -hmm. And that's how we kind of come out at what the, at what the figure should be. And so it already factors in their prior success in November, which is, I feel better about because it means like, if I just take like, how good are the Celtics and how many games did that team win across 82 games, the numbers lower. I do it this way. Cause I want to be like, well, it doesn't really matter if they should have won fewer games. Yeah. They've already won them. My, here's my question for you. We both lean under if you haven't entered this market. Like I have them at 57.4, which is a full win under the 58 and a half mark. Since I have this dreadful, dreadful vulnerability 
liability here on the Celtics at under 55 and a half. Should I lay the minus 175 as a hedge? Because is there a scenario in which they go like I don't I don't know how I would lose it. Like yeah. is there a way in which they win like can they win 59 and the Sixers or Bucks win 60? I mean, yes, they could do that. That is a thing that could happen. It's really, really hard to see that happening. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, too, of the, of the numbers you said, if you're looking for a, a not award thing here, a win total, a one seed or something, and we're not doing title odds, I think the one seed number is not terrible. Uh, I've got them at 57. You mentioned with your projections, I, I have a similar thing kind of baked in where I said, okay, We've got 23 Celtics games left. What's my expectation based on the deeper numbers just for those 23? And then I don't really care about the previous ones. They're done. We just have those wins and losses already. So I, I kind of have a similar setup. I have my next closest team in the East is three wins off the pace. Mm. That's not insignificant when we're down to 20 games here. Like three wins is a pretty solid cushion. So at minus 175, I'm thinking in my head, is that something like mid 60% implied? That's not terrible. I feel like that's, I feel like so it probably would put Boston higher than that. So I don't think it's a good bet if you haven't entered the market. Yeah. Right. So like the, the, the key here is that I'm getting essentially an at market number to hedge out of my 55 and a half. That's the only context in which I think it has value. I think if you're entering the market fresh and you're like, like I want to bet on the number one seed, then I'm like, look, there's enough variance here. I think you can go in a different direction and probably have yeah. a little bit of value because what's interesting though here is, look, the, the Celtics arguably, you can very reasonably argue the Celtics have already dipped. They were without Marcus yeah. Smart. The offense went to shit without Marcus Smart there for a couple of weeks. Then they were they lost Jalen Brown. Like they've been pretty mediocre here over this last stretch of games um, because they were really, really banged up. And like every team's had that. Like the Sixers had their stretch without Harden and Maxi. Um, the Bucks had their stretch without Chris Middleton. So like everybody's got these stretches. I don't project the Celtics to be less healthy the rest of the way. They got Marcus Smart back. They got Jalen Brown back going in like all-star game. So he's going to play coming out. Um, Robert Williams is a question mark, but they were fine without him before. So I kind of feel like I don't, I can't look at it and be like the the Celtics. I said, we're going to, I kept saying this in December, November, the Celtics were going to regress. They have, they just haven't regressed enough for me to get under the number of 55. So I think yeah. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to bet the minus 175 and get out of my position on, yeah. on that to just go ahead and even out. I think that makes sense. And especially because you asked me, is it possible? Could they go over the number and still not be the one seed? Sure, it's possible. A lot of things are possible. I think it's Love more that. likely and more possible they could still potentially backdoor hit your 55 and hit the under and still be the one seed. And you might actually have like a middle where you end up with both of those. Yeah. I think that's a more likely outcome just because I, I don't know that there's going to be a big push. If there's a push, it had to be, I think from Philly, not Milwaukee, the bucks, well, they, they know they've been here before. They don't need the one seed. They've won a title. I think the Sixers would love the one seed, not just because of the home court, but because Getting the one seed for Philly means, oh, oh, I only have to play Boston or Milwaukee now. That sounds pretty good to me. So if the push does come, it's from them. But now you're a little further back, and I just I think they're too far for the push. So I, I like it. Uh, East title plus one fifteen. That's a it's it's a short number. 
right? Like they're getting a bunch of bumps here. They're getting a very public team in the Celtics. Made the finals last year. MVP candidate. Like they have a lot of wave behind that number, right? They have a lot of momentum behind that number. I don't know. I don't think it's wrong. Um, I don't think that that's a bad number. I don't look at the Celtics and go, that's a that's a bad number. They're vulnerable. The way I have kind of started to look at the Eastern Conference, it's weird because you know I was down on them in the in the regular season, and I stand by a lot of that analysis. And we're seeing that like it wasn't bad because it is close enough. Again, we talked about it. fifty five is a high number. Um, I, I think for the Eastern Conference title, you know, do I think that the Bucks beat them last year with Middleton? I do. I just don't know that that's this team. This team's better offensively than that team was. Yeah, like, that was our problem with the Celtics last year. Was like they can't they can't score. They've just gotten better on that end. I don't have a real reason for it. I don't have like a because of X, Y, and Z. They just got better at it, and they're shooting the lights out. And especially because it looks like, and based off of you and I's projections, we agree on this. It's going to be Bucks Sixers two three. So you don't have to go through either one of those. Like I think there's pretty good. I think the Celtics are a good bet to win the Eastern Conference, even if the number doesn't have EV. Even if I think it's priced about mm-hmm. right, I still look at it and I go, do I trust the Bucs if they make the conference finals to knock down enough shots? No, I'm going to sit back with my preseason bets on the on the Bucs and be done. I don't want any money on the Bucs versus the, versus the Celtics. It's too much stress. Like, I just, I'm going to save my heart. Um, I'll probably wind up betting it because I'm a degen, but still... Like that's not a situation that I want. I definitely don't want the Sixers. We'll talk about another team a little bit later. But for me, like, what do you look at? Look at with if we move past the regular season into the playoffs, yeah. what's your feeling on plus one fifteen? Yeah, I can't play the plus one fifteen. I I don't feel like that's a value for you to bet that right now. Plus one fifteen. We're really close now to saying Boston versus the field in the East. Like that would be plus one hundred Boston versus the field, and I I can't get there when the field has a second team the box that I feel so strongly about. I personally would probably lean bucks over Celtics. If I just had to pick one team, no odds, just one team to come out of the East. I think I would lean bucks. I like them in that matchup. So that alone tells me I can't take a plus plus one fifteen nearly versus the field position. But I think more so is thus. <laughs> we don't have a lot of regular season games left, but we got a long way to go until we get an Eastern conference winner. There is no chance that you are buying, like you're going to get a better price. You can wait and get a better price than plus 115 sometime. The, the chance is like Giannis has a season ending injury. Now your plus 115 is gone. Sorry about it. I'm not really banking on that. Otherwise, sometime when the Bucks make a push or the Sixers look great or the Celtics lose game one to the Hawks in, in the opening game of yeah. the playoffs or some That's stupid that could happen, you're going to get a better price I just, there's too much that can go awry. And you mentioned the injuries. I don't need to run to put in a plus 115 here. It's just not bettable for me right now. Milwaukee Bucks are plus 185 to win the East title. Their win total is currently off the board at FanDuel based off of the injury to Giannis. Sean's reported that there's like, a. it, it was weird. I started hearing like some people being like, ooh, can I some worries that he's seriously injured? And then Sham's kind of reported like, no, nah, it's probably gonna be okay. Like, could be a couple of weeks, but not a big deal. Like he's avoided major injury, which I think is, is promising. Uh, we don't have an official diagnosis yet, so we can kind of, you know, go with what we've got here. Uh, Bucks are plus 185 to win the East title. They are plus 150 to win the top seed. 
if you're entering this blind and you haven't bet anything for top seed or on, you don't have any of our positions that we took. I do think that probably yeah. like I like Bucks top seed. You're a little bit lower <laughs> on Milwaukee, which I was a little surprised at um, just relative to the yeah. standards. Um, what is your thought on the Milwaukee Bucks? Let's start with the the seeding stuff and then we'll go to playoffs. So I'm, I'm going to mention the projection I have here because it kind of feeds into the answers for your other questions. I, I came out originally at about 55 and a half wins and then I kind of manually adjusted down to where I have them at 54. 55 and a half puts them much more in play to that 57 for Boston, that number one seed, all of that sort of stuff. The manual adjustment was a little bit of Giannis question mark. Chris Middleton still, I think, is going to get some rest. They're still kind of ramping him up toward the playoffs. I just don't think that this team gives a rip about the next six weeks. All they need to care about is get Giannis and Chris healthy to the playoffs. They already know what happened last year when that didn't go their direction. And so far right now, we have two years of playoff evidence where one of them, they won the title, and the other one, they sure have to believe that they should have or been in the mix to at least make the finals when they took Boston to seven games. Whether that's flawed logic or not is its own story, but you know they believe, the players believe that. So I just, I don't see the motivation factor here to push. And so I think you sit a game where we're not expecting it right now or or you just kind of give a game away where it's we're not seeing it. So that was kind of where the manual adjustment down came. I personally, if I were going to bet one seed in the East, I, I just would take Boston. I, You know I'm not going to drink the heavy juice on a lot of these bets, but I just think the Celtics are that, – that's 63%, the, the number you gave for them, minus 175. I just would put them higher than that. So I don't think Milwaukee cares if they're the, th- the three seed. I don't think the Bucs give a rip if they got to go face Philadelphia in a game seven on the road. I mean, sure, you'd rather play in Milwaukee. You'd rather have the revenue. You'd rather have the home fans. But I think Milwaukee would far more happily sit Giannis and Chris for a game or two and risk that than risk the the Game 7 scenario. I don't think the Bucs think they're going to need a Game 7 against the Sixers. I don't know why they would care about it. I think my pushback here is that I think they can win anyway. Like I think that they're good mm. enough that even if they rest guys, they Fair. can get they can they can find wins here. Like their team is good enough. They're well coached. Like we kind of saw that, right? Like I know that your that your bulls are pitiful, but like Giannis goes out and Brooke has 30 plus and they just trounce him from the from the get-go, you know, on yeah, the road. R.I.P. Like, TNT Bulls. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, TNT Bulls. So they really can and that's a if you want to say, well, yeah, it's the Bulls. And I'm like, well, they're not just gonna be playing the Celtics the rest of the way. Like they'll have these games where they can, they can find ways and they'll face other teams that are also resting guys. So they can find their way to that. Um, I have them at 55.4. What's interesting about my projection is I was low on them all season. Everyone knows it. Like I was talking about, like I bet the under on them. Once I saw them in preseason, I was like, Ooh, this is rough. And then they were, they were so bad offensively those first two months. I bet them again. I was like, this team is still being overvalued at 52 and a half, all these types of things. And then they flip the switch and they've just been yeah. a complete destruct destroyer of worlds. Um, right now, by the way, I have them manually upgraded a full two points over my full season projection. Okay. So my full season power rating, I have them at a one, which is low, and I've updated them a full two points. Um, for the full season, that number would come out as a 50 win team. But this is this is again the example of it. The Bucks were not a great team early. 
but they right. won games anyway. And so now we're at this point where they're really kind of like stuck in here. I'm just going to lose this position on the Bucks under 52 and a half. I'm fine with that. Like, yeah, I, I was right for three months and then they flipped the switch. I did just look this up while you were talking. And I do think it's kind of, it is relevant to what we're discussing here. I looked at after the all-star break. So since 2019, it's, they've won, they've won at a 64.0% clip in regular season games after the all-star break or before the all-star break after the all-star break, that goes to 67%. That's since 2019. So let's look at that since the title, right? Which is like, they won the title and obviously your priority in those game shifts, they still win at a 68% clip. So like that was last year, right? They went 15 and seven last year after the all-star break straight up. Now they had to make up ground last year because Brooke was out. So I don't know how that factors into this. I don't think right. that you're, I don't think you're right or wrong. Right. I think it's like, I don't disagree with your logic. I think it's messy enough to where this is a no bet for me on it from a seating standpoint, yeah. just based off of those factors. Um, they're plus 185. You and I were, were very big on them in, in like preseason. I think you and I both kind of agree that in my opinion, Giannis is the best player in the Eastern conference. And there's a pretty big gap. For me, like Joel's in that conversation, Tatum's in that conversation, but it's Giannis and then the space and then everybody else. Uh, even Celtics fans will tell you how scared they are of him in the series. They got Jay Crowder. They gave up some depth. I'm still worried about the shooting. Um, what do you think about the plus 185 title number for the Eastern Conference for the Bucks? Yeah, we talked about when they got Jay Crowder. I, I said at the time, I thought that was maybe the biggest trade deadline acquisition just in terms of direct title impact. Obviously, Kevin Durant is a, is a slightly bigger acquisition, but just Crowder being on the court is such a big difference maker for them. Yeah, I, I wrestle with the profile of this team. If you go by expected wins, they are six wins above expectations right now. But like you said, doesn't matter. They already have all those wins. And the profile of what I think they are, what they should be healthy with Crowder now, is I think the best team in the East. And I think it's number one, not 1A or 1B. I think they just are the best team. I would look at the plus 185 to bet them. 35% implied I feel is low. And I'm not sure you necessarily can wait to get a better number. The problem is now the Giannis injury. And it's just enough of, of an unknown. Like, I can't really imagine a scenario... I mean, the next time the Bucs play a truly meaningful game, it literally will be May, right? Yeah. Like, they're not going to get pushed in the first round in all likelihood. So now it's May, and if we already are saying this wasn't a real dangerous injury now, then it's hard to believe two and a half months from now or whatever that that's going to be a factor. It's enough for me in a low enough number that I don't need to run about it. But I think if I were going to play an Eastern conference title odds it's bucks or nothing for me and i don't mind the plus 185 if you're not worried about Giannis. let's go to the sixers sixers 51 and a half plus 650 to win the eastern conference 2800 to win the top seed wow i'm not saying that i want to double and triple down <laughs> on our vast conference our division title uh bets that we had on the sixers in preseason oh. but i will say that like Okay, the Sixers are two games back of the Celtics in the loss column. Just two games back of the Celtics in the loss column. They already missed Harden and Maxi for a long stretch of time. 
This is one of three teams that's top 10 in both offense and defense on the season schedule adjusted at dunks and threes. I will say plus 2,800 for them to be the one seed is wrong. That's a wrong number. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's that's, I, I didn't look at that because I wasn't really considering Philly to make the one seed to run, but man, that, that is a long number for being two games out. And I think I like about the Sixers is the schedule kind of weirdly looks like it might break their way a little bit. So they have a pretty tough stretch coming out of the break. I don't mind that. You got to beat hard teams. Sometimes we're rested, right? We just got Joel Embiid and James Harden a week off. If I have to play some tough games, yeah, now is the time when I'd like to do it. Thank you. Easy in March. So you kind of ease up, get through this tough stretch, ease into March. And then the schedule theoretically is tough later, but Milwaukee and Boston both come very late in the schedule. You might get a resting team, either or both of those games, teams that don't care as much. If I had to pick one of these top four East teams that I think absolutely cares and really wants to win, and they don't want the division banner, let's be real. But the two seed or the one seed, I think the Sixers care and would want that. They badly, badly want and need to finally make a conference finals, just that, if nothing else, and getting to home court in a two, three seed or one seed even better. I think that matters for me. I don't, I, I can't stop you from betting the one seed. The number just, it seems bad. The win total at 51 and a half to me of all these top teams. I, I like the over on that. I have them at about 53 and a half wins. I just think they're going to push and they got a lot of talent there. There's some cushion, even if Embiid misses a stretch or whatever. Now we got Maxi back and you know, everything is there to, to push for them getting some wins. They've got 25 games left as well. Uh, which is the most I think that any NBA team has tied with a couple other teams. I only mentioned that just to say that, hey, that's more games you can win, right? We're at 38. We need to get to 52 to hit that over. You only need to go 14 wins, 14 and 11 to get there. And Philadelphia is good enough. They really should do that. Yeah, I like the 51 and a half. It's a a simpler bet. I have them at 53.9. So I've got a value on the over as well. I've already bet them. Like I bet them. I started betting them pretty consistently early uh, when they dipped because people were freaking out. Like they were just really freaking out about a lot of these, like about the the early start. And I was kind of like, I don't know about that. We'll see. And I was like, I I buy into this, especially when the defense wrap, the defense was essentially like it hit the absolute dirt immediately. And then Embiid got himself in shape and then immediately just started to rebound. And it's been fine since then. Let me ask you this, because this is like, this is a good betting question from the, like how this podcast is uh i've got let me confirm these numbers with you your range for the celtics is 55 to 59 wins correct yes yep and your range for the sixers is 50 to 55 right yeah that's what i've got yeah so in order for the sixers to pass the celtics the sixers would either have to exceed your projected range or hit the very top of it and the celtics would have to very hit the very floor of what you've got right does that no, does that cross right. reference of outcomes reach more or less than like a plus 2,800 implied? It's a great question. Um, yeah, you're right. That is the right question to ask here. That crosshair of outcomes, the, the reason I do those ranges is that in, in my brain, as I think, oh, could Philadelphia possibly catch Boston? It should immediately shoot red flags up in my brain of like, what? We got to have the best outcome of realistic Philly outcomes and the worst Boston outcome. Like we're already talking about, you know, bottom, bottom 15 percentile outcome for Boston, maybe 
and a top 15% outcome for Philly. And now we need both of them. Now they're not independent because they probably play again. And, and so some of that you, you're sharing results potentially on those, but yeah, it, it's a red flag to me that I need two far range outcomes to both happen for a bet. And don't forget, there's still other teams. Like I still need Milwaukee. My range for them is 52 to 57. We're not talking about division. We need the one seed. So now I also need Milwaukee to, yeah, to you, end up in the bottom half of their range. Yeah. But you but you kind of said that you don't think the Bucks will go for it. Like I was kind of like being like, sure. if we take it implied, the Bucks won't be there. And we might get a binary into it's either going to be Sixers or Celtics, right? From a logic yeah. standpoint, what's the number come out to be? Like, I know you got to factor in the possibility of like variance. Cause that's, I always say this, like, that's the, that's the thing with the books is the books are like, well, it's, you know, the MVP odds. It's like, it could be. So it's like, it could be Cam Thomas, yeah. most improved player. If things get really crazy, but it's not going to be right. right. Like the books have to well, imply more probably more variance than we yeah. have. The hard part on this is, is we're getting to a spot where we're saying, okay, should it be 28 to one or should it be 32 to one or should it be 24 to one? Well, the payout for us is significant, the difference on those. But if you flip it to percentages, it's like, well, is this a 3.2% chance of happening or a 2.8% chance of happening? Like, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Our brains don't operate that way. And I don't have a, a model set to run that right now. But I think though, that's why, you know me, I love the long shots. If you think that you're in a range where there might be some value, that's where like even a, a plus 2,800 probably implies if you shop around at some books, you might find a plus 2,000 somewhere. And again, the odds haven't changed too much for you in that, but the payout, you're getting eight extra dollars for every dollar you bet on it. So I, I think on the long shots, if you like a long, long shot, you just have to kind of like it and not really know if the percentage is exactly right in your favor and, and just lay it and go for it. Okay. Sixers to win the the Eastern Conference at plus 650 is a little interesting to me. Hmm. Here's the problem is like, I'm about to say a, a bunch of stuff from here on out that is a little bit contradictory and I still haven't figured it out, which is why I got, I'm going to wait on Eastern Conference futures until the playoffs get here. Like I've said this before, I want to see the bracket because yep. if the Sixers are in the four seed and they have to face the Celtics, I want no part of them. If the Sixers are where I think they will be, which will be the three seed. Now I'm a little interested. I'm a little interested. I just don't have enough confidence that like, if you told me like, oh, the Cavs wound up going on a win streak and they got the thir third seed. Okay. Like, sure. Whatever happens, I cannot bet the Sixers if there is any possibility that they have to face Boston before the conference finals. I can only bet the Sixers if I know they won't face Boston before the conference finals. They can't beat Boston. I need as many teams in the way. I want as, like the ideal would be that like the heat go on a tear and the Sixers get the two or, or the Sixers as we talked about, they get the one, right? If the Sixers yeah. get the one seed, I love them, but if, I should just bet them at the plus 2,800 to get the one seed. And then I guess like I could bet them to win the title then or whatever, but like, that's the only scenario in which I like them. And then the number is going to shorten. Cause they're going to be like, well, uh, we have to shorten the number because the Sixers have home court. So they get a lower number uh, that if you're a Sixers better, that's what you want is for them to, Take off now, overcome Boston, finishes the number one seat in the Eastern Conference, have Cleveland in four, Miami or the Knicks in five, and then the Sixers have a cakewalk to the conference finals while Boston and Milwaukee have to have another war in round two. 
That to me is the only way that you can look at betting the Sixers. I have to know that before I, I bet on the Sixers to win the conference. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that. And I still don't want to bet the Sixers. Uh, all the love we've given them, all of our preseason podcasts, we were both very clear on that we are talking about regular, regular season, season outcomes for this team. Yes. Yes. I'm still not there on on putting my hard-earned cash on James Harden or Joel Embiid in a, in a 10-week playoffs. I just, I'm just going to have to see it at some point. I'm going to have to see the 10, not the like four weeks or the six weeks. I'm going to have to see a little more than that. I just can't get there yet. Certainly not right now this far away. Because here's one of the things. If the Sixers win the if the Sixers win the one seed and they face the Celtics in the conference finals and they have home court, who do you think is favored in that series? I think Boston's favored. I don't think so because I think right now, today, in that hypothetical scenario, Boston's favored. But two months from now, three months from now, when the Sixers have just beaten two other teams and earned the one seed and Embiid looked like the MVP of the closing stretch and Boston fell off a little bit to fall behind, I think perception will have changed along the way to then make Philadelphia favored. I think right now you're right. I think they should be, but something 28 to one had to have happened along the way yeah. and more outcome. The Sixers still have to win two times in the playoffs and be healthy that's also like 28 to one, right? So well, I, I think I need conceptually, to, I need you're right. to let me parlay the number one seed and win the title, because I think that the, the winning the title is correlated heavily to getting the one seed. I want a book to let me have that. Yeah, I, then I think I you're right to, to think of those similarly. Yeah. Because yeah, any other scenario that that's why stretching for the one seed would be such a big deal for them. And it's also, you mentioned the Boston matchup. It's part of why I still like the over for them because another way that you hit the over is just, oh my gosh, we can't fall to the four seed. That's oh. Boston one round earlier. So you at least want to stay above the four. Like I think one, two, three, four, every seed matters for Philly and they're going to want to push as high as possible more than any of those other teams. I do want to note this. Um, it's one, you know, they have to finish tied. So it's a very specific thing, but you'd be surprised when we get to this level, teams wind up tied a lot. Uh, currently, Boston's 2-0 versus Sixers. They're up 2-0 out of four. They have two more matchups remaining. The Sixers have to go 2-0 just to split season tiebreaker. And even then, based off of division, the Celtics are 8-1. and The Sixers are 7-5. and So, like, yeah. the, that's the next tiebreaker. So what you're talking about there is in order for them to, to get the one seed, they have to catch them. And even if they tie them, Boston probably wins tiebreaker. So, right. And, and so that's the thing too, is like, that's why we're at 28 to one is because now, now we're talking about like effectively a same game parlay, a same season parlay of you got to Philly has to win both of those games. They have to win because if they even split, they lost two games of possible ground to make up on them yeah. and they lost the tie break. So now you're three games back to make up ground and only like 20 games left. Like, so your 28 to one is almost certainly betting on winning both games against the team that's been best in the league all season. So we're starting with that. And then you still have to be better than them the rest of the way and still win a tiebreaker. That's why we got to the 28 to one. Cause we're asking a lot to happen. Cavs are at 50, 50 and a half on the uh, win total line plus 1100 to win the Eastern conference. We'll talk about that in a second plus 4,000, to win the top seed, uh, they are a full six games back in the loss column from the six, from the Celtics. 
that's dead. The so the, the the Cleveland Cavaliers will not win the top seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, you and I don't have to do anything here because I joined you when they first came out. Uh, you bet them again after the Mitchell trade of 48 and a half. You're going to cash that. Um, I stayed away from the number at that at that point, but I had enough of position that I'm, I'm looking good there. Uh, Cavs, 50 and a half. I have them projected currently. Uh, I have them at 51.7, so a full hmm. you know game and a half over uh, on this. I If you haven't bet it yet, I like the Cavs over. I think they hit a midseason lull. I still think this team is great. I still think this team is more elite than they're being given credit for. We'll talk about their title odds for the East in a second, but what do you think about the number on 50 and a half to win the uh, over on their season one total? Yeah, I'm about in lockstep with what you just said on this. Like I didn't spend long on the Cavs just because I have such a big position on them already, but I feel good about if I was going to play the 50 and a half, it certainly isn't over for me, but it's a pass just because I already have, I've already beat the number. Uh, the 600 plus 600 to win the division, I think would be maybe interesting, but again, we, I've got that position as well. I don't think it's going to hit. I think the Bucks probably are going to hang on and take care of business. I have Cleveland actually around 52 and a half, 53. So I have a little higher than you. It's a really soft schedule. And uh, they've got five teams at the end of the season, basically right at the end that I think are all going to be tanking. So I think they're going to just kind of coast into the playoffs with a bunch of wins. Um, the problem also though, with the over that you have to be careful with, if you don't think Cleveland is good enough to push to get higher in the seating, there's a real gap after them. And so if they don't push to get to the three seed, there's no danger of falling below. And then suddenly it's like, Hey, you know what, Don, why don't you take a night off? Why don't you just rest? We got some more important games. We think we can actually win a couple of series here. Let's just punt this game tonight because at some point, if you're actually around 49 50 wins and that number near the end, Nobody else is near you above or below. And now the games don't matter. And you don't really want a team like we don't want Chetty Osman playing for our over on the last couple of games of the season, no matter who they're playing against. So I think for me, it's just a stay away team for right now. I, I'm happy with the positions we have already. We got the 41 and a half over from way back before, before all the, the Donovan Mitchell stuff. So four more wins, baby, four more. And then we'll catch that one. So we've got some to make the playoff odds, and I want to mostly ask you about, we'll talk about some of your your other best bets. You've got some bets on the, some of the middle and lower teams, but I want to ask you about to make the playoffs. Is the time right now, do you think, to attack the make or miss markets? This one's always like tough because it's. I just think that this is too sharp a market. That's my opinion, is that yeah. these numbers are too sharp. Like the Hawks are minus 162 to make the playoffs. Well, you know, their starting lineup when fully healthy is actually one of the better ones in the league. They should be better. Now it's the Hawks who just fired their coach before we got on this podcast, by the way, breaking news. Um, or, you know, like the Knicks are minus 400. Would love to get the Knicks at, at a lower number, but the Knicks are, are good enough and have a clearance level. They're minus 400. I don't want to bet something where I have to lay minus 400, even no. if I think that there's EV on it. I'm just like, not, I don't, especially don't want to bet the Knicks on anything that's a minus 400. <laughs> Um, before we talk about some of these individual teams, what's your general strategy on make-miss playoffs at this point? Yeah. I, I think the key is the seeding and where you expect these teams to be. I think I only I only want to play make playoffs for the teams that books are appropriately pricing out of range for us to care to want to play them. You know, like same with the Knicks. Like I, I, I like the Knicks. We're going to talk about them. 
I don't want to lay the minus 400. I just, I don't need to, the number we talked about with the 28 to one, where it's like, well, is the percentage off just a little bit at minus 400 where 80% implied has to happen. All right. So I think it's probably 83 or 85% or whatever the number is. Well, it's super great, but do I really need that margin? Do I need to play that? It's, it's not worth tying my money up for a few months to win a quarter of my investment back at the end. It's just not worth it too much to me. And then on the other end, my caution would be this. The bet I would not play right now is, hey, you know, I like Washington. I like Minnesota. I like this play-in team that I think is going to be in the play-in. I like them to go ahead and win that play-in matchup and make the playoffs. Don't play that bet right now. I don't think those odds are in your favor because you're entering a scenario where you're in a single elimination game and possibly two. Like we kind of do the thing. There's been a lot of discourse after the trade deadline about not all first round picks are the same thing. I think we need to talk about not all play-in is the same thing. If you're the seven or the eight or nine or 10, those are very different seeds. Great. Congratulations. You're still alive in the postseason. But if you, if you like Washington, you're like, yeah, I think they could. I think that they get up to the eight seed. They could beat Miami and, and make it in. Well, that's great, but oops, they're the nine seed. Now they have to win twice. And and they and they had to still make that seed and win twice just to cash your make the playoffs ticket. So I think if you want to play this sort of angle, you either have to just swallow hard and drink the juice on the team you're really, really sure is is like is good enough to get out of the play-in and actually qualify straight. That's why you're betting them. Or you need to go the other way and take a team like the Hawks because you don't like them or the Warriors or Lakers because you don't like them and play to miss the playoffs. If you're playing one of those 8, 9, 10, 11 teams, I'm not playing to make right now. I'm playing to miss. Let's talk about some of these individual teams, and we'll get into our best bets here. Uh, we'll just go ahead and, and talk about those. Uh, let's about the Knicks. So you got the Knicks over 43 and a half as one of your best bets on the board here. Uh, currently, the Knicks are in the five, in the sixth spot, 33 and 27, pretty good record. Uh, you had kind of texted me being like, "What what's the deal with the Knicks? Because it looks like <laughs> they're good. And then I showed you their 10-game splits, and you were like, Oh, okay. I get it now. Um, I have them projected for a number two close to this. I have them at 44.4. This is less than a game. I don't want to, I just hmm. don't want to lean over uh, with a number that close. I might look at some seeding opportunities with them, but why do you like the Knicks as a best bet over 43 and a half? I like the profile. I got a little scared off of it by what we were talking about, but I think even as you look at, look, it, it's so up and down, right? They, they started out well, and then I think lost 12 out of 19. And then they immediately went on that big December winning streak and then ended the winning streak by losing five in a row. And then they won seven of eight, and then they lost four in a row. So it's it's when is the when is the next losing streak going to come? And they just won five of six into the break. So is it now, right? That's how the season has gone so far. So I think that's the worry. Overall, though, despite all the really bad parts that are included, they're seventh in net rating. They're sixth in offensive rating. Jalen Brunson, I think it took them a while to kind of find his place on this team. It's clearly his team now, and I think that's worked well. I think Josh Hart has been a nice addition already for them slotting in. Since start of December, they're a 50-win team on pace. So I just I like the, the profile here. 
I think that with Tibbs, we know they're going to play hard. We know they're going to push all the way. They are in a, a group of teams, New York, Brooklyn, Miami. They're five, six, seven, where they're not going to catch someone above, but you really, really want to not be the seven. You want to stay above so you can avoid that play in. I just think they push hard and are going to try all the way. I don't really love Brooklyn or Miami regular season either. So this is a little bit of bet on New York and against them. I just think they push forward. I have them around 45 and a half, 46 wins. So real clearance on the 43 and a half. I like the over. It's my favorite win total in the East right now. And then the other one too is uh, you can bet the under seeding under six and a half on the seed, which is plus 145. So now I just need them to not be the seven seed, basically. I need them to finish ahead of either Brooklyn or Miami. And I, I like that kind of as an escalator there where we're going to need to hit the win total. But I think that they, I have them finishing ahead of both of them. I just think it's a, a quality team. The Knicks that you're talking Sorry. <laughs> um, you are right, though. I actually <laughs> like them. I've enjoyed watching them this year. They've been really good. I actually think that like they play better than their record. And so here's the, here's, I'm going to try and talk you off of it. Okay. The win profile is extremely alarming. Yeah. Um, let's start here. What are games that you like high probability win situations at home? 16 and 15. Like they're they're a half game over 500 at home. That's concerning. Next up, division games. Okay, they've played 13 of the 16, but three out of the 24 or whatever remaining games is actually like that's a significant little chunk there. They're only five and eight versus the division. That's concerning. They're pretty good versus the conference. That's encouraging, but they're going to have to actually play the Western Conference quite a bit here because they're already at 39 uh, conference games. So like something to kind of consider there. Uh, how about if we look at their win profile, uh, bad versus teams over 500, 11 and 16, but that's actually fine because you're su- you're not supposed to be great in those games. More concerning is that they're 21 and 11 versus teams below 500. That's really like when you're already in double digits for losses to sub 500, that's a concern. Like that's a, that should be a little bit of a red flag here. It indicates that if nothing else, they are slightly more likely than the teams that they are competing with to lose to bad teams. Now, Miami's only 18 and 13. So this is where it gets into the interesting question of New York doesn't have to be good. They just have to not be as bad as the other teams. <laughs> Atlanta yeah. is 15 and 14 in those spots. So the teams that they're competing with, you are you have like an argument to say they don't have to be good. They're just better than those. Uh, the other thing that I would I would kind of point to here is um, they're very they're hyper variant. So they have 17 wins by double digits. That's compared to Brooklyn, who's only got 15. The Sixers only have 19. But the Knicks also have 12 losses by double digits. That's compared to Boston and Philly, who have eight. The Bucks that have 10. The Cavs that have eight. Like, put it this way. The Cav- the Bulls are 15 and 13 in double-digit games. Well, they win, they've won 15 by double digits, lost 13. The Knicks are 17 and 12. They're more Bulls-like than they are some of these other kind of situations. Um, they profile a lot more like the Bulls than they do closer to one of these better teams. So that's my concern for you. Have I managed to talk you off of it or do you want to go ahead and keep it? No, I'm going to keep it as a best bet, but you managed to talk me out of it being like a multi-unit best bet into just a more traditional one. Just like Uh, a little bit of a bet there. Okay. I I mean, at the end of the day, just the number 43 and a half, the Knicks 
have 33 wins. They only have to win 11 more games to get there. They only have 22 left, but 11 and 11, 500 ball the rest of the way gets us there. They've been at a 50 win pace since start of December. You're right. I, I see the things they're saying. I know we're going to get to the end and you're going to be like, you see, you see there, here they go. 10 and 12 down to the finish. I just, I, I bet on no, Tibbs. This is a good team. Like this is not like the Knicks are not fraudulent. They're a good team. I, here's what's really interesting is like you're basing it off of their overall profile and their overall profile is that they're a good team. Cause they are, they just don't know how to win. And that to me is like, <laughs> yeah. they've won enough, but it's been such a much of, of a roller coaster. Yeah. I can't trust them to get to the finish line. Um, I need a 30 second digest from you. That's all we have time for on Pacers under 35 and a half. So we have an article going out, probably up as you listen to this at action network about tanking. I think the Pacers are a soft tank team. I think they're a team that is going to look around the bottom four in the, in the NBA, they're, they're out like they're their own thing. I think the Pacers are positioned to make a run quote unquote at the fifth worst record. And if you look at the lottery odds, that matters to be the fifth worst team instead of the eighth worst, the 10th worst team, you're increasing your odds at possibly getting Victor Wembanyama or Scoot Henderson, who's really good too. You're increasing by like three times your chance of doing that. They have lost the Pacers 16 of their last 19, including two, two and six with Halliburton back. I just think it's done. I, I think that they're done. I think they want to tank. I think they want that high draft pick and lottery odds under 35 and a half. They've got to win 12 of 22. They have to go 12 and 10 to go over that number. I don't think they could even if they try. And I don't know that they want to, especially if the losses start to come. They're a team that I think quickly pulls the rug out. I asked the folks this weekend about the Pacers, but not anybody in Indy, just folks around the league. And someone said something very interesting to me. I said, I can't figure out what's going on with them because they were playing really well. And now like, they're just, they've, they've just really fallen off. And he said, that's something that you actually find a lot with tanking teams is that inexplicably, they just start to play a little bit worse. No, it's not like obvious. It's not like, oh, we just sat this guy. Like sometimes you get that injury. It's like, they just start to play worse. And then that justifies like, okay, now we'll shut this guy down. The tanking stuff is always very slow. And so like, yeah. I thought that was very notable. Let, let me make the case for two long shots here and see if I can sell you on either one. I'll go quick on both, but they're related to each other. So two bets I'm looking at. I don't like Miami a lot. I don't like their regular season profile. I, I don't trust their injuries. Butter. I don't think that they're going to push hard. I don't think they care about seeding either. I think Jimmy Butler and Bam, they don't give a rip who they play. They'll take you right now. They'll play the play-in. They don't really care. Just let me in the playoffs. We'll beat you anyway. So I'm trying to look, how do I fade Miami? Here are two ways. Number one, I mentioned that kind of five, six, seven range. Miami's play-in odds are plus 150. I looked at that. It's not quite enough for me to care. However, I don't really see them falling further than the seventh seed. So Miami to be the exact seven seed is plus 320. Basically, that is a bet for Miami to finish below New York and Brooklyn, who they're below right now, and then just stay above the other teams. I don't really see Atlanta, Washington, Toronto really pushing them, except here's the other half, Washington division odds, 13 to one right now at FanDuel. Washington, fifth in net rating, last 15 games. They're kind of good, right? Like they're kind of... I think you would say similar stuff about them like you might about New York. Yeah, you just did. They're kind of fine. They're kind of a 500-ish team. 
I just don't think Miami has the push to, to pull away. Miami is right now four wins ahead. Uh, they're 2-1 up on Washington head-to-head. So it's it's not going to be easy. That's why it's 13-1. to But what do you think about either of those ways to fade Miami? And if you were going to pick either of them, which would you choose? I actually like it. I like it. Uh, so I looked at this. This is since December 14th, which is kind of when the, the heat stopped being as bad and kind of started to stabilize. I was like, well, let's look and see. Like, I'm going to show Brandon this, this stretch of games where they've been good. The Heat are 19 and 12 since December 14th with a 1.4 net rating. The Wizards are 17 and 13 in that stretch with a plus 2.9. Hmm. So they've played about even in the win in the, the record, and they've had almost double or a point and a half better in point differential. So, like, look, it's crazy to me that, like, and I, we've been trying to figure out this Atlanta or this Southeast division all year. None of these teams are good. The Hawks just fired their coach. D- don't mind the 13 to one. That's great payout. If you hit it, you're just like, woohoo. My only concern is that, and I've said this, I got in some heat with heat with wizards fans about this, about I, I, I don't know what the motivation is for Washington right now. Yeah. And that's not just like an organizational thing. Like, I don't feel like Brad Beal is like, we got to make the play in guys. I think Brad Beal is like, I get paid no matter what guys, and so without that, they didn't make any significant trades uh, outside of Rui. I don't know. I don't know if they will be able to win tough games that they need to in mm. order to make it in. I like their roster. I like how they've played. I don't know if I like them enough because like it just, this yeah. also just kind of feels like much like Bucks in the division. Miami is just going to find a way to do this. Like it's going to be ugly. Yeah. You and I are going to be like, this team's not good. And then we're just going to be sitting with them as the sixth seed again. Yeah, I think that that's fair. With Washington, another thing too, that's kind of a weird complicating factor. Washington, is it is in the Wizards franchise best interest to finish bottom 14, aka not make the playoffs because they get to keep their draft pick if it is 14th or better. Otherwise, it is gone. And that it conveys a while forward where they're probably going to keep on keeping it for a while. I think it's one of those Knicks draft picks that they got in the trade. So it, that's a weird thing too, where look, they could still win the division and make the play in and then just lose the play in and still get that number 14 pick back. But I think that's a weird complicating factor too, where there is some organizational motivation to maybe shut things down. It's just that, that's been there before and it hasn't stopped them the last two months and it didn't make them trade their guys away. Like I think they should. And I certainly want them to blow it up and do some different thing than just be the freaking wizard stuck in the middle. They don't seem to care about that. So if they're going to not care, I guess I will not care and, and let them win some games. You got any other best bets from the East? Yeah, I got two. I've only got two, but I do like these quite a bit. Um, I actually have, and we didn't talk about this cause I wanted to save it for best bets. I have Cavs win the win the Eastern Conference title at plus eleven hundred. I put that in the app. I think this number shortens as the Cavs go on a little bit of a run here. They've gotten healthier. They figured out some stuff. They've had some inex- like their record with with Garland and Mitchell is excellent. They're really good. Like when they have their guys, they're really good. And they've already had some injury stuff. I don't think the Kevin Love buyout hurts them. I think it's fine. They sh- should have made a trade for a wing. Sure. Um, the reason I like this is because if like you and I agree that it looks like it's going to be Boston one Philly or Milwaukee two, and then Philly or Milwaukee three, which leaves four for the Cavs, they're going to get the Knicks or the heat in a five, six, maybe the Hawks or the wizards. Um, They'll get one of those teams. So the four five won't be as tough because I think Cleveland is a, I think Cleveland is a tier above those teams. I think Cleveland is, I think Cleveland is closer to 
Boston. Usually it's not that. Usually it's like Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, and then there's a drop off and there's Cleveland. That's what the market says. I don't think that that's it. I think Cleveland is much closer to Boston, Philly, Milwaukee in overall team quality, which means they should be able to handle the four or five. And if they do, they are the only team that I like the value on them going against the Celtics. Huh. That that doesn't mean that I'm like, they're going to, I'm stone cold lock. They're going to beat Boston. Boston might beat the shit out of them because the Cavs have never really made a playoff run, but they won the two previous season meetings. We'll see what happens as they, as they finish up that season series. It's not about beating them in the regular season. I don't care about that. It's about the matchup. And it's that a lot of what Boston does gets negated by the kind of team that Cleveland has built. Mm -hmm. The two big hyper-athletic guys can both cover Horford on the perimeter. They can, if they're like, we're going to go Horford small, fine, no problem. We can either match you big and overwhelm you with size and kill you on the offensive glass. Or we can play Evan Mobley at five if we absolutely need to. If Jared Allen's not there, we'll play Evan Mobley in those minutes at five. Oh, we're going to take Horford off the floor and we're going to one, run one four pick and roll with Robert Williams. Fine. We're putting Jared Allen at five and we're going to counter you with switch all with Chetty. They have a lot of depth. Chetty Osman, by the way, amongst qualifying bench players, best net rating in the league for amongst a bench player. Like that's really surprising to me, given what the benches look like in various games. Um, I don't worry as much about the shooting because so much of their problem shooting is in the minutes when Donovan's off the floor. Donovan can fire off of like Donovan can hit threes on his own. They have all-star level guards. They have all-star level forwards. They're weak on the wing. It's going to be Okoro getting smashed by Tatum for seven games, but I would definitely, I would look to bet the Cavaliers at a, on a, on a series line price, but at 11 to one, with every the amount of variance that's built in here, I like this a lot because they could actually make it to a conference finals. I would bet the other team in a conference finals, regardless of which of the other two they make. But that's enough to get me on board with plus eleven hundred for the Cavs to win the win the East. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. I, I like the Cavs a lot. I agree that we are talking about a four team Eastern Conference. Like, I don't think you need to make great plans for round one of the Eastern playoffs. I think you can go ahead and still have some some late dinners and settle in for the Western Conference games those nights. I don't think we're going to get much happening in round one. We got four teams. We know who they are. Here's how I would do it a little differently than you. I'm going to put Boston and Milwaukee together in a tier alone away from the next two. So to me, I just think Boston or Milwaukee, and that's it in the East. I think it's one of those teams, and I, and I don't give anyone else much of a chance. But I'll put Cleveland ahead of Philadelphia after that. In the playoffs, we've done all the Philly regular season stuff, but you know why I like Cleveland and not Philadelphia? Here's why. They don't have James Harden or Joel Embiid. They got other dudes, and I've seen Donovan Mitchell perform in the playoffs, and he might be the only one that's been here before, but the dude shows up and is really good here and can really step it up. And you're right. I like the formula. I like the defense. I think Donovan, you know, before the season or before they got Donovan Mitchell, I think probably I was wrong in my, in my highest optimism for the Cavs. I don't think they had enough offense to go to one of these series you're talking about. Donovan changes that and gives them a chance. They're still going to not be the better team, but he gives them a chance there. I think I'd still rather just bet Milwaukee or Boston or wait for the spot for that. But I will take Cleveland over any chance to bet Philly in the playoffs every time. 
The other one I like is the over on the Orlando Magic, 33 and a half. I have them at 34. And Brandon, because I have been podcasting with you too long, I will bet plus 1,300 to make the play in. That's right. Um, right. I have them projected currently at 34 wins. I have them out, but I have the Raptors at 38. I have the Pacers at 35. The last team in uh, would be the Chicago Bulls at 38 currently. And so I'm projecting like the magic at four above where I've got them currently projected. I haven't done a manual adjustment on Orlando based off of their regular season performance. Basically what happened was they were without a point guard. They lost both point guards early. Didn't have a point guard for like two months of the season. Got a point guard, but then lost their center, Wendell Carter Jr. And Paolo was out some. And when they finally like have gotten everybody back together and they have all their assortment, the numbers for the starting unit that you want to see with Suggs and uh, Markel and Paolo and Wagner and WCJ are not great. They're still a minus, but they're much closer to like a 38 win team. And they have figured out like Mosley's coaching his ass off. I still kind of wonder about like Toronto's is probably the boring answer here for where the value is, but at 13 to one, I'll take a flyer on the Orlando magic. I'm already going to hit their. I'm basically going to free roll my 27 and a half over that they're going to hit on the win total and put a sprinkle of that on 13 to one to make the play in. Yeah, I would lean over here. I'm just not interested in putting my money on Orlando. They're a team that you've had a little more interest in the whole season. You got to watch your case. You're going to love them. Just watch a couple of games. You're going to love them. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've, I've seen them recently. It's a fun team. Here's my one caution for you and my fear for your bet. I, I like the over. If I had to pick a side, it's what I'd play. I don't think they're a tank team. I think they're one of those where Brandon wants them to tank, but team culture and wins profile and like learning the young guys learning to win. I think that's a thing. Here's my problem. At some point, even when you're not a tank team, you might become a tank team if the profile gets there. The schedule out of the all-star break, pretty soft. Like they can win some games. They can believe, hey, we're we're hanging around. But if it goes, last four games of the season, Orlando plays the Cavs, the Cavs again, at Brooklyn, at Miami. All four teams who probably are trying to win, Brooklyn and Miami are probably trying to get out of that play. And at the end, if Orlando starts to slip a little bit, that is an L4 to end the season waiting to happen. And I really don't need your your ticket sitting on like, all right, one week left. All we need is one more win. And then they're just like, yeah, but we could jump three spots in the lottery odds. And I think we're good here with this last week. That's my only concern there. All right, let's get wrap it up for buckets. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. Check out tomorrow's episode where we got the Western Conference. Make sure to download the Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks. Get all sorts of gray up to the second information. We're on Green Dot Daily pretty much every day. It'll be on even more as the playoffs approach. Get all your March Madness. Get started. Start researching for March Madness. Get ahead of your buddies. Your bracket's going to absolutely kick ass. Make sure to do that. You can follow Brandon on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. I'm at, on Twitter at HB Basketball. Action Network's on Twitter at Action Network HQ. My thanks to David Payne for producing. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.